I used to sit in the preschool in tears. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. <laughs> Dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Today we have Anita Burgess, professional declutterer from Mizon Plus. She has two children, they're four and six. Hi, how are you, Anita? Hi, Siobhan. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And we have Seamus Byrne, a freelance writer who has two children now in double digits, 12 and 10. Hello, Seamus. Hey, how are you? I know that nod. Uh, Seamus was just explaining that, that 12 and 10 is kind of a sweet spot. It's a really lovely time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Few few beers, yeah. And high school starts next year, so that's where I'm for the whole new era of worries. Just lean into the joy <laughs> for now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's not let's not think about that. Exactly. Future. Yeah, I'm silent during this. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yeah, reached the joy yet. <laughs> no, haven't reached the joy. Not quite at the fear. I think we're just going to stay in this little bubble. How has the week been though? Because uh, you guys are both based in Sydney, New South Wales, which has had a lot of rain, and school only goes back next week. Yeah, it's like being in a bubble. Yeah. Being in the home. Being in a chaotic bubble, I can imagine. The, I think it's just been about kind of, again, balance, you know, trying to, you know, one one person takes a play date one day, you do it the next day. It's kind of this give and take, you know, with the yes. in-laws, with the, well, not my in-laws, but the, <laughs> but like parents, that kind of thing. Give, take, yeah. take, take. Well, apparently, <laughs> I think I, I've just been taking because I've been in New York all week, so... Uh, my kids have been on tennis camp through the week, so that's kind of helped to, you know, give, though, tennis of course, camp? tennis camp. But I'm down in the Highlands, so it's, okay. it's kind of been more drizzly than horribly. I was going to ask, I mean, is it is it different when you're outside of big cities when it's kind of a bit miserable? Are there more things to do or less, or are they not as conscious or caring about yeah, the and rain? Yeah, and again, there is, the, there is this really nice thing about their age right now that if... If something kind of, you know, I've been away and my wife can actually go to work through the middle of the day and check on them at lunchtime and they're perfectly happy to just do their own Stop thing at it. home. It's cool. Home it's, alone. It no, really is, is. It's this. this is... It's such a sweet spot. We oh, can tell God. other people Look. it gets easier. With the younger kids, it gets easier. And we've got friends with older kids who tell us it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Enjoy your sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> Anita was looking a little bit forlorn when you were saying that. You could what? Leave them at home. <laughs> what? And right. it's legal. It's legal. Yeah. Is it legal? Yeah, it is. Have we just it outed is. you? I've looked at the age. Yeah, yeah exactly. Perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> I love that you've both Six checked is not it. legal. <laughs> no, okay. Thank you. Okay. It's good to know. Our topics today. Are how you juggle work and children. Are you Team Kira Knightley or Team Catherine, Duchess, Duke of Cambridge? And how do you raise a strong girl? But our first topic today is what is the craziest thing your kid has done with real world impact? I'm out digging through the trash <laughs> and she hollers and says, I found it. She's holding the shredder and she says, I think the money <laughs> is in here. We started laughing. We were just baffled that this could happen. I cried for a minute. (laughs) can't say we just laughed. A few tears and then a bunch of laughs. That's Ben Ben Belknap from Utah. And the little nervous giggle you heard was his wife, Jackie. And they'd saved basically $1,000 in cash to pay back a family member for 
football season tickets and then their two-year-old <laughs> shredded them, <laughs> like proper shredded them in an actual machine. But, I mean, good for them. Apparently there's a bureau that can piece the money together, though it could take anywhere between six months and three years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> can you imagine that being your job? And American money where it all looks the same. Yeah. Crazy. But then maybe you could just put it together and it will still look kind of the same. I don't know. <laughs> like, do they give it back to you or do yeah, they give you new notes? Magic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a special bank that accepts weird notes. Maybe Broken that's notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seamus, what's the craziest thing one of your children or both your children have ever done that has had a, a real world impact like this? So I couldn't think of a good big crazy one. Um, I know, you know, my son did once take some... Uh, yeah, some of his beloved Pokemon cards to, to school to like show off to other kids and came home in tears because he like agreed to trade with some kid and then the kid kind of turned around and went like, ha sucked in, like oh. the card I gave you was crap and the card you gave me was actually worth like $50, oh my you God. know, and so like he was in real tears and was like, I'm never going to do this again. It's like, you've hey, learned you... a valuable lesson today. So you didn't go but... and talk to that kid? I would have. That is not a nice thing to do. See, it wasn't, but we did, <laughs> you know, we did take it as that moment of going, you know what, like You've we'd already warned him not to take, take his to take his best stuff. Okay. So it was like, learn the lesson. Probably the biggest thing was that I'm, I'll, I'll throw myself in it from when I was a kid, <laughs> where we actually had an air hockey table when I was a kid, which was wow. like so awesome. It was under our like back porch and it was just like, we'd have tournaments in the street. Everyone would come around. And it was, we just noticed it was a bit dusty one day because it was, you know, just it was outdoors under a, under a, an awning. And, of course, rather than wipe it down with something, I had the great idea to hose it down. And, Uh-oh. you know, air hockey table, we're talking a thing with oh. all these little air holes. <laughs> <laughs> it eventually dried out and worked again. Oh <laughs> but there God. was a while there where it was like, well, you've just destroyed the air hockey table. Oh, and then and the whole neighbourhood would have <laughs> Exactly. The whole street knew about it. <laughs> oh, well, at least it didn't cost anything to fix, did it? it exactly. Was just no, it, it was that case of time, going, well, Siobhan, yeah. It's time. <laughs> time. We all know how valuable time is. We have to shut is. down the local tournament for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Anita, how about you? Is this a story from your childhood or your own kids? Oh, gosh. I uh, know. No, this one is about my kids. It's not that crazy either because my son is just so... Um, fearful. It's just his nature. He's very cautious. So he wouldn't go crazy or anything. My daughter, on the other hand, is um, <laughs> more like I, I was or I am. or whatever. She's more um, courageous and will try different things. But yeah, so they um, many times um, when I would put them in the car, I often, I, I am that mum that goes and pays for petrol and leaves them in the car. Okay, I don't I've know. Da- that. I am. I'm, I'm not going to judge that. I Thank know you. I'm, don't I'm... because I see everyone doing it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I do leave them in the car. So I had them in my driveway, and I got out the car to just because I often will declutter the car. So it's just I get them in, and it's just about you know whatever it may be a wet wipe or whatever whatever's down that side of the the door. I get out of the car, and quite a couple of times I've they you know the door I've been told that it will not lock with the children in it. Yeah, you've heard that one, haven't you? Yeah, I have. yeah you've yeah, heard it. Yeah, it's not true. So, and my daughter often has locked the door, thinking, "Ha ha ha, mummy!" Locked inside. I'm like, "Nah, the front ones are still open. You can't lock the door." Somehow, and this was a Friday evening. I was getting ready to take them to dinner at a family member, and it was only like four months ago, and it was just because it was just the sun was setting. So we got in the car. The sun was kind of still out. They locked themselves in the car, but the keys, of course, were in the car. Uh-oh. And as the um, 
sun started to set and I'm like, they're looking at me through the window. What do we do? I'm looking at them going, open the freaking door. (laughs) And I'm like, just try this. And the actual buttons don't work because something about, because the keys are in the car, that thing on the side where you just, the latch does not work. the child latch. So I see this. Not bad looking 25 year old boy walk past above. I'm like, excuse me, can you please come and help? I was trying to get anyone off the streets yeah. to come and help. To- oh, sorry, my mobile phone was in the car as well. Oh, no. <laughs> Handbag, everything was in the car, so I could not communicate to anyone. Anyway, push comes to shove. They empty out my handbag. It's now dark. It's a good, it's a good, it's only like 40 minutes, but it went from light to dark. Like it felt to me like in three seconds. Yeah. And. I told them, empty out my bag. I heard the keys go under the chair. Somehow they were rummaging. I'm not joking. That whole car was turned upside down because I said the only way to do it is to push the unlock button. And they, um, my daughter by accidentally stepped on it and it opened <laughs> the door. Oh Suddenly we God. just heard, click. And my daughter was like, ha, ha, ha. I saved the day. So but actually you made the day a disaster yeah, 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 in the yeah, first yeah, yeah. place. I don't think I'd ever like. It was actually, you know, you'll hear those stories of kids getting locked in the cars. Oh my goodness, I just had that vision of modern family where Cameron's running screaming with the yes, spin. <laughs> That's exactly. But you're kind of like you just these thoughts and those stories that you heard start replaying in your head of in like is there enough air? Are they get, do we need to smash something? If what do I get? Do I need a hammer? Do I leave them to get the hammer? You know, like it's all very, it's too many thoughts. Anyway, so that's my, my kid's that, story. It's a good, I like that story. Yeah. And we'll have to save the conversation about petrol to another day. I, I, <laughs> it kind of baffles me that one. But anyway, we'll talk about it another time. You can see them. You can, you can wave. Them. I know. And you I think the overheat fumes at the station, minutes. they should be kept inside anyway. I think the fumes are bad. So yeah, we well, keep the windows up. protecting them yeah. by keeping them in the car, not taking them to pay. I see what you say. Yeah. Keep them in the car, safe air, clean air, I think. No, I someone's going to call and complain, you okay. know that. Okay. That was Anita <laughs> saying that, not me. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're listening to Kindling, um, Kindling Conversation, the parent panel. We've got Seamus Byrne and Anita Burgess on the show. And we're talking, we were just talking about the craziest things our kids have done. Um, but our next story, I mean, these days people, many parents find that they both have to work, right? Or we need to be in the workforce after we have kids. But that decision can lead to big discussions about working hours, who look up, who looks after the kids, how do you make work and family life happen without losing your mind. That's next, just after this. Running a home takes a lot of energy. So at Energy Australia, we've created the Total Energy Plan. An energy plan that, yes, ticks the boxes. Get a discount off your total energy bill, guaranteed. No lock-in contracts and fixed rates for 12 months. Find out how you can save with our total energy plan. Energy Australia. Light the way. Conditions apply. To view basic plan information documents, visit energyaustralia.com.au. I don't work. My kids don't go to school. I don't know. Being a parent's a lot of work. Sometimes I think about a more balanced life is all. 
This week on Kindling Conversation, I spoke to author Christine Armstrong about her book, The Mother of Jobs, How to Have Children and a Career and Stay Sanish. She talks about the seemingly impossible task of raising children while still maintaining your career, particularly as women. Anita, how did you work out who would stay at home when you had your first child? Ah. Uh. Yeah, it was always me. I always felt that I had, I, maybe it's because, I don't know, maybe it's because of that mother nature. I don't know, but I did feel that I needed to pay, you know, to play a big part in that. But I didn't make life suit my, sorry, I didn't make life suit my work. I changed my work. Yep. So I found, and I find that with a lot of mums, is that we feel this need that we might need to reinvent ourselves. It happens a lot because we do want to, we do want to have it all. A lot of us, when I say we have it all, is in we want to be able to take a child in the, you know, drop the kids, pick the kids, and work, and be able to see our friends, and try and stay healthy, and try to cook. We do. I know it sounds crazy, but I know, I feel I definitely wanted to be able to have at least a bit of what I, you know, I am that type of person that wants to have a bit of everything. Yeah, I guess so. For me, I try. I'm found what I loved mm-hmm. and made the hours and the work suit me and my family. Yep. And yeah, so that that's what I did. And, and how about you, Seamus? Because I know your family moved to the Southern Highlands. Was was that at all part of your uh, you trying to manage the family and work life mix? Yeah, that was definitely a big part of it because at the time, you know, it was just that classic issue of, of Sydney not being able to, you know, keep up with you know you couldn't save a deposit as quickly as you as the market was moving away so we sort of finally went well let's go somewhere where we'd all love to live and it's an area which is you know got a great sort of antiques and and sort of crafts industry which is an area that my wife is really sort of focused in uh and so you know for me then it was that case saying, okay well we'll make the move and I'll do the long commute to Sydney for a while until we work out exactly how can I kind of find other kinds of work that I could do to sort of replace it. But that was kind of the sacrifice in that sense was, well, I'll just do the long commute and then we'll see how how it goes. And I managed it for two and a half years. But also when the kids were first born, I was really lucky in that I was a freelancer at the time. And so I was able to be at home for that first kind of three years, really, across the two kids where once it hit that point where we had, you know, uh, like a two-year-old and a baby, it kind of hit the yeah. point where I said, I, I need to go back to an office. <laughs> you know, it's hard to kind of, yeah, keep yeah. up that you yeah. know, quiet room where you need to focus on work. Um, but it was amazing to be able to have been there sort of for that first couple of years. And I think it did, you know, help my wife to sort of think about exactly what balance she wanted as well. She did really, you know, decide she wanted to be there and, and you know, play that mother role for a while. But I think it helped her to know that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't her. forced on her in that sort of yeah. sense. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it, it kind of was lucky for me in that my career really did sort of take off in a few ways during that time. And so then then that kind of bigger issue comes in of going, how do we rebalance when my income's kind of gotten so much bigger and and making sure that there's that sort of freedom. But so, it, you know, it was tricky for a while there. And but you're I think, being dictated to by the work that you were doing yeah. in terms of managing family life. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think in the end, the, the move to the Highlands was definitely a big part of making sure that we then, you know, we feel again a lot more balanced again. I'm just wondering for you both in terms of your friends and family, if you see you've got quite a flexible situation, both of you in different ways mm-hmm. made choices to make work 
work around family life. But is that is that something you see a lot with your friends and family, or is it something that you see um, parents being really stressed about? And either you, yeah, I see, I see. Um both, I guess. I, you know, I have friends that have the full-on, you know, corporate careers where you don't always have that flexibility and then they need to bring in extra help sometimes and because, um, you know, they also want to spend time with their children. So on the weekends, they want to make sure that, that that time is really quality time with the kids. And then I have, you know, some of my friends have left the workforce. You know, for me, it's all about what you feel comfortable with and also I actually tell a lot of my clients this because I work a lot with um, mums, as you know, and a lot of first-time mums. And I often say to them, what you have now is not like the situation you are now with the children of the neediness or whatever. It changes in a year's time. Then it changes in four years' time. And again, so whatever you choose to do now, it doesn't necessarily mean for it's 10 forever. years or forever. So you just kind of have to think of the, this, you know, with the baby, that they're not babies forever. It feels like it at the time. Yes, it does. It does. So, but for us just to think that, okay, nothing has to be, you know, for, for the longevity of your life, you don't have to make that decision right away. Mm, yeah. And Seamus, when you moved to the Southern Highlands, did you find um, your friends and colleagues in Sydney who were working parents, were they envious, intrigued, curious, they wanted to know how you made it work? I mean, what have you found there? Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people, you know, sort of kept saying it was so so brave. You know, it was such a kind of a bold move. And in so many ways, we sort of felt like, well, it was just about sitting down and really kind of doing our own, you know, like emotional calculations as well as financial calculations, but sort of saying, look, let's just make the jump, you know. And, you know, I guess in that sense, maybe it is a little bit, but we also just felt like in the end that, there was much more risk in sort of staying where we were, you know, and so so we made that change. But I think, you know, we also made the choice earlier in our lives to have our kids a bit younger, yeah, you know, by current standards. In that, you know, we had our, fir- had our first kids at 30, you know, and like my parents were 20 when they had their kids. But, um, you know, it, it has, we've sort of seen that it meant that a lot of our other friends, you know, they sort of got a bit ahead financially, but now now they are kind of working harder to, or they're paying more money to kind of find those ways to put the kids into childcare and all the kinds of things that I think we managed to sort of balance out so that we could then, you know, now we're at that point where the kids are a bit older and we can start getting a bit of that freedom back to kind of make our own career choices through our 40s. Mm, So interesting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You're listening to The Parent Panel, where we invite two parents into the studio to get their thoughts and the stories and events of the week. Today, I'm joined by Anita Burgess, professional declutter from Mizon Plus and freelance writer Seamus Byrne. In just a moment, are you Team Kira or Team Kate? Haven't you just had a baby? So they tell me. I can't be on television looking like I just had a baby or something. You look fantastic. Her body. We're going to talk about her body. In a book titled Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies, actress Kira Knightley wrote about her birth experience, comparing her postpartum days with that of Duchess Catherine. And it appeared that Kira was basically saying that by appearing, but that by going out in front of the media or coiffed and stylish with beautiful hair, everyone comments all the time about <laughs> Kate's hair. Um, that she was act- Kate was actually doing a misservice to women and a disservice to women and feminism. Don't you love that I'm going to ask you this question first, Seamus? Thanks. <laughs> I love putting I the men straight in there. Yeah, <laughs> right in there. Uh, do you agree with Kira Knightley? Was Kate letting the team down or is Kira out of line? 
So I actually think that in the context of targeting a royal, yes, I think she's out of line. Only in I the thought sense, you were going to say it's game on. I'm like, no, Seamus. but this is only in the sense that if you believe in the idea of actually having a monarchy, then you believe that some people are better than you and that they're kind of ah. born to be fancy and special and magically gifted in uh-huh. all these crafts. I don't necessarily believe in a monarchy myself, but I'm like, if that's Britain's thing, if that's our thing here in Australia, then those are the people who get to swan about looking beautiful all the time, as if like nothing ever phases them whatsoever. Seamus, do we have to um, acknowledge your Irish ancestry yes, at this I, point? <laughs> <laughs> I do have an Australian and an Irish royals. passport. Um, but I also think I love that someone like Kira Knightley is actually raising this debate because, yeah, she is clearly well known for being one of those fabulous, beautiful Hollywood type people. And I think it is great that in other kind of contexts that someone like her is able to say, no, like we shouldn't be forced to do. I don't want to have to do this myself. I just want to be a real woman while I'm having babies. Uh, and I think that's great. And, you know, the whole idea of actually having to debate this, I think that's excellent. But I think if you believe in royals, then you believe some people are better than everybody else. And therefore, Kate can be that lovely, beautiful woman who never I'm, has anything go wrong. I'm guessing you're a Republican, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Anita, I'm trying, trying not to make this political. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? To be honest with you, when I thought of this, I didn't even think of the royal issue. Mm. Or what issue? The royal thing at all. I love the royals. Can't get enough. <laughs> but, and, um, but I actually know a bit of Kate's story, and she had a really hard pregnancy, if you remember. She was very sick. And I also actually had the same thing with my first. I was in hospital, and I know how hard her pregnancy was. So to me, I think that, and I know how happy and amazing I felt, not only giving birth to a child, but that I felt I had control of my body back. It was hard. So whether she's a royal or not, she might have actually felt freaking awesome. (laughs) And if I had someone to come and do my hair and take photos and put me in that beautiful dress, I would have said, I'm there. I'm doing it. I feel great. And I want my appearance to show the way I'm feeling inside. And to be honest with you, I took great photos in that hospital. (laughs) And I just don't like that. um, And Kira, all the power to her to not care or whatever. Um, I think to each their own. And I just actually get irritated now that there's people saying one is wrong and one is right, if you know what I mean. I think that there are people, I, I mean, you know, Siobhan, like we're on a lot of these mothers groups. You see these photos on Facebook or whatever, and this get debated a lot. If you want to be, have a, you know, have a boob out and breastfeed and have the photo and you just show everyone you don't care, that's awesome. But then if you do, why should you be, you know, shunned? Like yeah. why should you? Yeah, completely. Well, there's there's a few comments on Facebook. Um uh, Angela says, I didn't read it as shaming at all, more sympathetic, but the media doesn't like to hear women supporting each other, hence the headline. Vicky says, she's she's not mum shaming. She's saying what their bodies had to go through and yet seven hours later, here Kate is having to smile at cameras and to do what most mums have to do and put on a brave face for others, which is kind of what you're saying, Seamus. Um, I like Leander's comment though. She says, I'd love to hear Kate's honest, detailed, yes, personal opinion exactly. too. I bet it was hell on earth having to put the world before her own and her baby's personal time and needs. Yeah. And we so, might hear that one 40 years from now when she's allowed to kind of have that, you know. Yes. Yeah. That's that crazy like part the of Diana her job. 
tapes. Hopefully <laughs> yeah, it exactly. won't be so tragic. But yeah, they have the ability to say what they really feel. You're listening to The Parent Panel. Up next, how do you raise a strong girl? Only we had a webcam, don't you think? We could just have an image of Elise dancing to the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in the control room. Uh, so, yes, that was a theme music to that comedy. Basically an homage to strong girls who can survive anything. I won't go into the plot details because it sounds quite complicated and I haven't actually <laughs> it seen it. made me feel very strong. I it felt did, like walking yeah. down the street then. I'd say you were, like, yeah, strutting. Strutting and like... You were you know? on fire. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just load it into your phone for you, yeah, Anita. You can use it while you're decluttering a really yeah. hard house to declutter mine, perhaps. <laughs> um, so um, we thought that was an appropriate way to introduce the topic of International Day of the Girl, which was on Thursday. What skills and traits do you wish for your daughter so that she can thrive in the 21st century? Anita? Okay. I want her mostly to be kind it's really important for me that she shows everyone kindness and that's how, the way she wants to be treated herself, um, that she is resilient. I think a lot of balls get thrown in our way, you know, growing up, being, you know, going through all different types of things as, as girls. And I want her to be funny. And when I say be funny, I want her to have humour and I want her to see things in life not being so serious, to be able to laugh at her own like at herself and to take things not too seriously and to be laugh with others and to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. I think that will, um, I think if those are the three things I thought are important, I thought if that can, if we had to choose three things. That's what you'd want. For yeah. Seamus, have you thought about this for your daughter? Yeah, I really feel like like bravery and self-confidence is sort of that really, that, that really big thing where, you know, she's a clever kid and the hope is that, she never kind of lets other people you know, get in the way of her, her knowing herself and having that confidence. And I had a completely, it was just the most magical thing. When, when I was in New York, I went to see the the statue of the fearless girl in front of the oh, Raging Bull now. Oh, I saw that now, on your, you know? yeah. Yeah, and it, it was just, what I loved was, you know, because technically it's the kind of corporate art in front of, you know, the bull was a true piece of art and the girl was sponsored as an artwork. But there really was this parade of little girls kind of walking up and striking the pose beside this statue. And it just was so moving to kind of go, that is exactly what I want for my girl, is to kind of be able to stand there and go, yep, like, there's some big giant thing staring me down and I don't care. I'll stare it in the face and I'll have that confidence to say, bring it on. I think that's kind of something that I think would... It just really hit me going, that is exactly it. Yeah. And hopefully we can get there, right? Because it's all the, these are the things we want for our girls. And it's just that as a parent, you think, how do I give that to you? How do I help you have that? But that is another conversation entirely, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Anita Seamus, thank you so much for coming in and chatting today. Thank you so much. That was Anita Burgess, professional declutter from Mise en Plus and freelance journalist Seamus Byrne. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.